Well, Jasmine, would you mind starting us off with reading the first part of the scripture, which is just yeah. Philippians 1, 19 and 20. Yes. All right. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Okay. So Paul knew in his heart that he would be delivered through their prayer Mm -hmm. and the work of God's spirit. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good time just to review real quick that Paul is writing this from a prison cell. He's going to go before Nero. And Nero is, uh, what would you say, um, Mercurial, Crazy. right? Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, literally. Unpredictable. A murderer. Yeah. A murderer. And you don't know, you can never know which way. I mean, he can't hope for justice, right? Mm-mm. He yeah. can't hope for truth. He's going to this court that has no, um, no um, concept um, of truth. truth. It's whatever's... Yeah. Whatever whim Nero is on that mm-hmm. day, whatever mood capricious? he's in. So capricious, that's such a good word. Ooh. And so as he's um, going into this, um, there's no way to know. It's kind of like our elections right now. Yeah. There's no, no way to true. know the future. You're just going, I don't, he doesn't know what he's going to face. Mm-hmm. But his confidence going into this is in God. Like, you know, he believes he's going to be delivered. Mm-hmm. He thinks right. that's what the Lord is showing him. He's pretty confident of that. And yet... You know, it's kind of like Chadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm -hmm. You know, as they said to Nebuchadnezzar, like, Mm -hmm. you know what? We'll never serve your God. Mm -hmm. And we are going to trust God no matter what. Even if God, you know, we believe he's able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to stay with the Lord. Amen. Surrendered heart. And, and just even, it's cool because I was thinking about this even as the gals were praying earlier. Because the emphasis here on on the prayer, on the Lord moving through prayer for that deliverance. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking, it reminded me of um, Peter in Acts 12. Yes. You know, when he's yes. in the prison and yes. the, the believers are in constant prayer for him. Yes. He gets delivered. <laughs> it was just so funny how he goes to the house and Rhoda like just leaves him at the door. Hey, I think like Peter, didn't she think it was like the ghost or something? Yes. Like this can't yes. really be him. What? But yeah. God really delivered. And it was just yeah. like, that was such an encouragement to me just to think about as we're praying, you know, even in that morning prayer time when people send in their prayer requests, we can pray for deliverance on so many levels and know like God can move and work. Like Paul had right. such confidence that he would be delivered physically, but we can also pray for, you know, uh, mental deliverance, emotional deliverance, spiritual deliverance for those that aren't saved, that are in bondage, you know, just, it was just an encouragement to me just in that sense, like, we can be confident that the Lord yeah. wants to deliver and move in people's lives. Yeah, and there's this connection between the two. Um, mm. I read that the grammar links the two together, so mm. it's like prayer and the supply yeah, of the yeah, Spirit, yeah. that God is working through prayer, and God uses prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of my comment too, is just the power of prayer because yes. the supply mm-hmm. of the Spirit is there. And the, and the Spirit is praying through us. Right. You know, so we are praying the things that God wants. Yeah. So Paul's confident. If you're praying for my deliverance, that's because God's put it in your heart. That's the yeah. supply of the Spirit mm. praying through you to work for my deliverance. Mm. And I was just thinking about how we belittle prayer. Uh, prayer is sometimes yeah. a concession to us. And we don't, we don't yeah. make a, yeah, a, a big enough deal. And, and that's why we want to put the emphasis again here in this time of, mm. of get together, prayer. Yeah. Prayer is essential. Let's start with prayer as, right. 
um, Jasmine and I, we love Mary Slessor, who is a missionary in yeah. Africa. And she said that prayer is the dynamite that opens up the way for God to work. Mm-hmm. And it's so... It's the trailblazer. It's the trailblazer. Yes. yes. So good. And then it makes me think of James 5.16, the effective, fervent prayer mm-hmm. of a righteous man avails much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So good. Very good. And then yes. Paul's earnest expectation. What was that? What was his expectation? I love me too. Mm. I love that he didn't want to be ashamed, that he wanted all boldness, that he wouldn't back down, back up, back away from Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like full association, even where it wasn't popular. He's going into this satanic court, so yeah. to speak, where all these people are idolaters. And he says, I don't want to back down from Jesus or back away from Jesus mm. or from the gospel. Right. I, and his, his idea of shame was not that, um, it was not like the shame of like, they don't agree with me. They're going to think I'm stupid. His idea of shame was if I don't fully um, represent Jesus Christ, if I don't fully um, stand for Jesus Christ in this mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. I'll be ashamed. Like, I'm going to just, that's like the yeah. area of shame. And yeah. I think it's such an example for us, too. Like, for him, he said, yes, I'm willing to die for Christ. But not only that, he was willing to live for Christ. And how much harder is that sometimes to actually live for Christ mm-hmm. than anything? Yeah. That high regard for just, that's what, that was kind of my thought on this, was that high regard for the things of the kingdom and the glory of God. And, and actually, we were talking about John Stamm in the back. Uh, John and Betty Stamm, I've mentioned them before. You can go and listen to the podcast, a little plug there. Mm-hmm. But they were, you know, before, right before they were executed by the communists, John Stamm, the last message he sent to the China Inland Mission was this verse, that in all things, whether by life or by death, I would, you know, glorify God. And just, uh, you know, that, that, that thought that Paul had as well, that all the temporal concerns really don't matter. I just right. want to make sure I'm glorifying the Lord, like that, you know, that is ascent, the essential. Yeah. And so, and we, we see that throughout, I think, this whole passage, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. Yeah. And that's the focus. So. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that this week, too, about that word magnifying. Like he talks about magnifying <laughs> the Lord. And in. I know, right? I love this. Okay, so when you magnify something, I don't, we don't really always think about this, but when you magnify something, you're not making that object any bigger. If you look at something under a magnifying glass, that object is the same. And when we magnify God, we're not making him any bigger. He is who he is. But when you magnify something, yeah, you're looking for the details. Yes, and it makes our vision clear, it makes our understanding clear, and it makes us see him more clearly. Well, they even say if you magnify a human fly, you'll be astounded at the wings and even the veins running through the wings and Mm -hmm. um, at the thorax and at the antennae and just even at the mouth. (laughs) I mean, um, and then their compound eyes. Yeah. And this is a fly. Like, this is a nuisance. A, a, a nuisance. Whoops. <laughs> wow, was that Freudian slip? Anyway. Coming back. Yes. Um, that was amazing. Yes. But <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you look at God, mm-hmm. I mean, and you just begin to magnify the Lord, you're looking at the details. You're yeah. not just saying God is good. You're like, oh my goodness, look how he's good here and good here and exactly. good there yeah. and all of that. I'm sorry. I and it, no, that's just, it gives us, our vision is clearer and we yes. see him and it's like the darkness, any darkness in our vision of him is taken away yep. and replaced with light yep. so we can see him also, clearly. 
I was thinking of Proverbs um, 29, 25, though, that the fear of mankind is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. Like Paul realized, if I go in there fearing Nero, I'm going down. Wow. But if I put my trust in the Lord, I can have absolute confidence. Yeah. And we need to hold on to that because there are things like actual tangible things like what he had, real fears. Mm -hmm. And when we hold on to that, that gives us hope. Anything before we move on? I put that Paul wanted to be on the offensive, not on the defensive. He wanted to go in there and use this as a time to proclaim Christ, Mm -hmm. not to defend Paul. Yeah, exactly. So good. All right, let's move on to day two. Philippians 1, 21 through 22. Cheryl, would you please read that? Yes, and... By the way, again, this is the um, CSB, Christian Standard Bible, made by the Baptist. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me. And I don't know which one I should choose. Boom. This is the one where you tried to go further. Yes, I went too far and I got all confused. Okay, anyway. (laughs) For me to live as Christ and to die yes. as gain. So, mm. I, well, I, I just like that thought to die is gain because I was, sorry, I kind of geeked out just this morning. I was thinking about it. You know, throughout most of human history, like death was just kind of accepted. You know, there's an old medieval uh, chant in the midst of life, we are in death. And that was, it was just really very real to them. I mean, the life expectancy for, you know, thousands, hundreds if not thousands of years was like 40, 35. You didn't live long. Mm -hmm. And that was just kind of a more accepted part of life. But in our culture, death is like, (gasps) I mean, and I know there's a fear of death if you don't know God, but what? That's how it sounds at the end, too. Yeah, (gasps) that death rattle. But it's just interesting, like how far we go to try to cushion ourselves from that reality, but for the Christian to die is gain. And I just thought, wow, what a contrast, you know, just to be able to see it that way. Like, mm-hmm. not, maybe not, um, and I read this in Guzik, uh, Guzik's commentary. It's like, we can have a fear of the, act, the actual dying, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's natural. I can get that way. Like, please just let me die in my sleep. I don't want to, you know. But, um, you know, but death itself, that's just, you know, passing on to true life for the Christian. And I just liked that thought. So Linda Rourke and I are famous for our death conversations. Because we sit <laughs> That's so there. Of you. It's so it's so women in their sixties, no offense. Oh well that too. We talk about all the ways we don't want to die. Well, I don't mind dying, but I don't want to burn to death. Yeah, you know, I don't mind dying, but I don't want to drown. I don't mind dying, but I don't want to be in a plane crash. I mean, we seriously have this whole thing that we go through. And it's like everyone they'll be like Oh, morbid, and they turn away. But it's just something that we get into. Just you guys need to just hilarious. talk with Russians. My best friend is Russian. She totally embraces death. But anyway, okay. that's, a, that's a cultural thing. We embrace it. It's just like the way, yeah. you know, the way. But I wanted to say for me to live is Christ. And I just have this mm. one quick story. Years ago when we were living in England, and my parents would come over and visit. And when my parents were there, it was just so much fun because mm. Um, when we would come to California, we'd have to share my dad with Calvary Chapel and with all the people and with everything. But when my dad and mom came to England, we got them to ourselves and they were in our house and it was so great. And we would go on these little excursions and we would have so much fun. And then they would pay for everything. Like we didn't get to go out to eat, but when they came, they would take us out to eat. We'd all be like on, you know, threadbare clothes, and they would go out and buy my kids new clothes that we couldn't afford. 
And it was just so wonderful. But when they would leave, it was crushing. It was like absolutely crushing. Because now we're back to the reality of living in England without family clothes. Mm. And mm. it was just it was just hard. And I remember my parents taking off. And my parents wouldn't let me go to the airport because it would cause a scene and it was too hard for them. <laughs> so I would, I would say goodbye at the house. Mm. And they would get in the car and they'd be like all smiles. And I would run up to my room and I would throw myself on the bed. Mm -hmm. And I would just sob. And um, so it was one of those times, and I threw my bed on, I threw myself on the bed, and I opened up my Bible to my devotions that day, and I was in Colossians chapter three. And it was that thing, seek the things that are above for Christ who is our life. Mm. Because when I had been going in the house, I'd been saying, why Lord, why this pain? Mm. If I'm serving you, if I'm loving you, why this pain? Why does it always have to be this separation? Mm. And when I went up there, I, I saw it because Christ, who is my life. Mm -hmm. This is, it, without Christ, my life has no purpose. Mm -hmm. And exactly. it's, it's gonna require things of me. It's gonna require, at times, pain and separation. Mm -hmm. um, but it's because Christ is my life. That's, so cool. That's the whole purpose and reason for even you know, you're the only reason that I'm even breathing. Sunday, Sunday mornings. kids' songs. You have to kind of so learn to do this. How do they do that? Yeah. I'm terrible at that. I don't know. They, so, they do that magic thing with their hands. I yeah. asked a few friends, you know, the one, number two, yeah, yeah. how would you honestly fill in the following mm. blanks? Because, like, I was thinking, you know, I could give the Christianese answer of, like, right. I, yeah, I know yeah. what I believe. And, um, but they had some good perspective. Like one of them works in a hospital and she said that when she was watching death coming close, like it just all came together for her. Like when you see the difference between life and death and life without Jesus mm. and death without Jesus, how hopeless that is. And so there's hope when you have your life in Christ. And then another said she was sick almost to death and she was at that point of like, okay, I could die right now. Yeah. And um, she was like okay and willing to die if that's what the Lord had, but had that um, passion in her heart that God had more for her to do mm -hmm. and that he wasn't done with her yet. And it changed her focus and perspective on how she lived because she realized, I wanna be useful. And so like mm -hmm. to live as Christ and fruitfulness yeah. and to die is the reward. Totally, that actually goes right into, you know, number three about living on in the flesh for Paul. And, and that's mm -hmm. what I, I took away from that is like, for him, the greatest benefit was always spiritual. Right. It was always like, Lord, what's the, you know, what's the greatest way I can be? Should I just come home to glory and be with you? Am I done? Mm -hmm. Or is there more for me here for you? And I just loved, again, that, that spiritual emphasis mm -hmm. that he had there. You so. know, me too. on June 10th, I went down to a life-risking um, surgery. Right. And I got my bill back mm -hmm. and everything said high risk. So the drugs that they gave me for the surgery, um, doctor, my doctor, the anesthesiologist said, I'm gonna be with you the whole time. I'm like, isn't he so nice? And then I, um, when I was reading the thing, it was like, cause I was so high risk. And I went in there and I remembered in the ambulance, I remember that the paramedics said, we're losing her. Okay. And I had this extreme peace. Wow. Like, okay. You know, Linda and I didn't consider this way, but this isn't so bad. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be all right. You know, I just, in fact, I found myself actually praying for Brian. Like, Lord, let mm. Brian be okay with this. Let him be all right if you take yeah. me to heaven now. You know, it's okay. But coming out and making it through the surgery, I went, okay, my whole life is about Jesus. 
Mm, you know, if yes. I'm going to live on in the flesh, yeah. uh, you know, it's got to all be about Jesus yeah. because, you know, why else? What's Spare my life. Yeah, what's yeah. the point otherwise? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that was what challenged me with his perspective is he wasn't afraid to die, but he also wasn't afraid to live fully mm-hmm. for Christ. Yeah no matter the cost. But I like this too, that Paul says that if he lives on, he's confident Mm -hmm. that it will mean fruitfulness to them. Mm -hmm. And I thought about, he didn't say, oh, it means God has more work for me. Mm -hmm. He said, it will mean fruit. Mm -hmm. And I thought how Paul was confident that God would prosper the work. And remember how he says, um, as he prays for the Colossians, he said that God, that God might make you fruitful in every good work. Or I love, I think it's the old King James, uh, fruitful in every good endeavor. Mm-hmm. And I just thought about how Paul was so confident that anything he did for Jesus would bear fruit. That's yes. very freeing. Oh, so freeing. Yeah, really like, is, you know it? what? Don't worry about the results yes, in your exactly. eyes. Right. Yeah. Because we kind of narrow what fruit is and what fruit should be like. Nobody came to Jesus today or yesterday or the last week through me. Or there's four people in the sanctuary. Yes, yes. (laughs) There are more than four. Just for the record, there's more than four. Angie. (laughs) Yes. I did my Newsome. You said that. That's two for us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, great. I wonder what I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Now we're waiting. I always well, say something stupid You did the eventually. death throws. I think yeah, you're done. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, yeah. the death okay. rattle. See, we're here, Wait, right? wait, wait. Don't go what? on yet. Oh, I have okay. one more takeaway. Yes. <laughs> Sorry to catch I saw you. you guys flip the page. No, just, <laughs> the, no, just my last thought. I feel like this is challenging, a challenging thought to have um, without having an eternal, looking at everything through an eternal spiritual lens and really realizing that that is the substance, is eternity, that the, the weight of glory, like, that's where it really, I mean, this is all just like a shadow, and that is where the real substance is, and that's what helps me, I, having that eternal view. It was actually interesting, I was looking at a quote from um, Francis Schaeffer, because he talked about how um, the one thing that won't be in heaven is uh, the call, the possibility, and the privilege of living a supernatural life here by faith, and I was like, that's kind of a cool way to look at it, like, we have like, this is a privilege to have a supernatural aspect by faith to our temporal earthly lives here and to give it mm, like that yeah. elevated Well, Paul also purpose. says, you know, if you see what you hope for, mm. you don't need hope. Yes, right. exactly. And so faith has got its greatest value right now on yeah, earth. Yeah. We can exercise faith. That's but again, excellent. one last thought too, <laughs> not I to stimulate all of us again, <laughs> but is that Paul said, if I live on, it's, it's for you yeah. mm-hmm. and for the sake of Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about how many times if we live on, our life revolves around ourselves. Mm. You know, it, evol- it revolves. Mm. You know, I have to admit, I can be very selfish. I make these healthy cookies. And sometimes I've just brought them out of the oven and I've made 12. I want them all. <laughs> and Brian will come in and go, oh, cookies. And I'm like, he's here. Back away. He's yeah. going to take some of my cookies. And I actually make them for both of us, but I just mm-hmm. like by the time they come out, they're yeah. only for you. And he, and he <laughs> looks at me sometimes like, yeah. "Aren't you? Don't you want to share?" And I'm going to share, but the desire to share is not always there. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just have to act have to on it and like ignore that selfishness uh-huh. that says, "Wow, right. I would make you your own batch, but I wanted this batch." 
And so anyway, I was just thinking about that too, that mm -hmm. the, the selflessness of Paul. Mm -hmm. Everything was about the Philippians, yep. or, you know, other believers, totally. yeah. making believers. And we're seeing and too, like the growth in the Philippian people too, because in the beginning, Paul was praying for them and then it turns and God's using them to pray for him. The prayer right. is a supply oh, of the so spirit. So good, nice. Angie. I like that. Mm. Good take. Well. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's move on to day <laughs> three. Right. Yeah, what? Good segue. segue. Yeah. Okay, we're going to read uh, verse 23 and 24. For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Mm. And that's exactly what you were just talking about. Like yeah. he recognized the need, the, um, the need to be with them. Selflessly there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was cool. So what do you think um, he meant by hard pressed? Oh, I, I didn't really answer anything for that other than he was torn. But uh, I had a, <laughs> sorry, well, I'm just kind of like, eh, I, sorry, I'm just being honest here. Come on, you guys, you know you have those questions. You're like, I don't know how to answer that. I'm not, That's I don't why have... I asked friends about to live as Christ to die ah, as Ah, because you're like, what do I say? Like, what if you ask I me? Totally. I think, wait, I did have a thought. <laughs> oh, you can answer. Well, I don't, another different thought, but I can wait. Okay, go for no, it. go. Okay, the departing thing. That was my biggest thing on here that I okay. loved was where he talked about depart, where is that? In 23, yeah, having a desire to depart and be with Christ. Mm -hmm. And depart because, means? Well, it's kind of like a ship, right? Well, the, yes. well, the metaphor there. Well, you probably thought, saw something else in because Greek, you're looking at me like, uh-oh. to pull up tent pegs. Yes, and that too. And it's so, um, because he was a tent maker. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, pulling up tent pegs. And it pegs. means to move on. And moving on. And then there was also, because there's a connection with uh, 2 Timothy 4, 6, where it talks about his departure is at hand. Like and there's like the, the metaphors there, yes, with the tent pegs and also with the ship setting sail and mm -hmm. talking about just like how a ship commander might be in a foreign port and really want to go home to his family and, and just get back to his native country and that sort of a thing. And so I just love that idea. That's what, for me, that makes me wanna to go to heaven, the idea of setting sail. And I thought of two things with this, okay. um, two um, books, um, you know, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. So in C.S. Lewis, when he's writing in the Don Treader, if you guys have read that, right, the Narnia Chronicles, um, I love that at the end of the Dawn Treader because they're in the ship and they get to Aslan's country where the water is sweet and, mm -hmm. you know, it's just not, and, it, it's just so And the mouse, the rat. And the rat gets to stay. Reap a cheap. gets, yeah, and it's just such a beautiful picture, like we made it to the end. And then my favorite one is in um, Lord of the Rings when um, in, in uh, Return of the King, you guys need to all go home and watch these this weekend. But I love this, the part in um, Return of the King when Gandalf's talking about death and how it's like, it's like going to, uh, wait, I wrote it down. Uh, he describes it as white shores and a far green country with a swift sunrise. And I just love that part of the movie because I'm just like, I want to go to heaven. Yes. Like it just paints that picture of oh, glory and like going home on that final ship ride, you know, and then you land on the shore. It and just that's, was that's, so that's why he was torn. Right. Mm -hmm, and that's what mm -hmm. I, I kind of, for what I did is I just put the two alternatives. You know, on the one hand, he wanted to have the ultimate joy, peace, relief. I mean, he had a thorn in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he yeah. lives on, he's going to have more pain yes. and difficulties and weakness. Mm -hmm. But he wanted the peace, the relief, the beauty, the glory mm -hmm. of being in the presence of the great love and objective of his life. I mean, to see Jesus. Yeah. I mean, but... He also loved God's people, and he knew that they still needed growth. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and they needed um, to be established, and they, there were more things that he could teach them and make sure that their faith was strong. Mm -hmm. um, but I was thinking about 2 Corinthians 12, 4. He had a glimpse of heaven, yeah, and true. he said it was so glorious that it would be almost blasphemous <laughs> to try to describe it with mm -hmm. earthly terms. Yeah. It was that amazing. Mm -hmm. So he knew what was ahead. Right. So it's a same. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And here he is probably chained to a prison guard mm -hmm. 24 hours a day with zero privacy, no comforts, mm -hmm. and yet he's willing to stay. Mm. Any other takeaways before we move on to day four? I put, what a perspective on heaven. When you think of heaven this way, the fear of death loses all hold. Mm -hmm. It brings a spiritual boldness. This life is temporary. In heaven, no more aches, pains, thorns in the flesh, buffeting, um, buffeting angels, persecution, rejection, prison, slander. But there is healing, unity, love, joy, peace, and wholeness, but most of all, Jesus. If we were truly more heavenly-minded, we'd be more earthly good. So yeah, good. Really and true. think about all the people that we can bring with us as we're doing this. Because if heaven is all these things, we say it is. How much more should we be wanting to bring people with us? Yeah. You know, one story, I just have to say this. Uh, Romy had called me and she said, um, my aunt wants to talk to you. Death mm -hmm. is imminent. It's mm -hmm. within hours. And she wants to talk to you of all people. And I knew Christy somewhat. And we had had a couple of conversations about what a cute baby Luke was. Oh. And now she wants to talk to me about death. Well, mm -hmm. when my dad was dying, I wanted to talk to him about what he was going to see. But there was a certain, how do I say this? Like a certain um, perspective that some people brought in that if I talked to my dad about heaven, it was because I wanted him to die, which I didn't. Mm. And so we weren't allowed to talk about it because these people say, you want daddy or you want Chuck to die. That's why you're talking to him about heaven. Mm. And I felt so robbed because my dad had always told me about heaven and I wanted to talk about the crystal sea. I did ask dad, who do you want to see first in heaven? And he goes, hmm, either, and I'm like, Paul or David? He goes, yes, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I go, but David, and he goes, David? Yep, David, I knew it, like I just so knew it. Mm. But I wanted to talk about heaven and all the glory of heaven. It's real. And, I, mean, and I wanted my dad to tell me everything he was seeing as he walked in because Moody did that with his yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moody's yeah. like, Oh, it's all glorious. Oh, oh. And he even saw Jesus holding one of his granddaughter's hands that he didn't know yeah. had died. I mean, it's just so glorious. And I was like, and then my mom quoted this woman who had been one of their speakers, and her grandmother was dying, and she was there. And her grandmother was dying and suddenly opened her eyes, and she said, oh, believe, believe, because it's all true. And then she dies. Wow. In fact, there's a it's book powerful. called... Um, Famous sayings of saints and sinners. And it's the last sayings before people died. It's just oh, like wow. an amazing yeah. book. Scary and wonderful at the same time. Mm -hmm. But um, so I got on the phone with Christy. And I said, Christy, let me tell you about heaven. Let mm -hmm. me tell you about what you're going to see. Mm -hmm. And some of the people you're going to see. And I remember I'm telling her. And she's like, okay, okay. And then she goes, wow. will you please come and go with me? And I'm like, Oh, Christy, you can't go there. It kind of yeah. reminds me of that scripture in, in um, Song of Solomon. Do not awaken love before it's time. Mm. And there's a perfect time mm. when we will be awakened mm -hmm. to love. Yeah. 
when we enter heaven. And, and so I kind of shared that with her. But it was really a great conversation, Sweet. even though it sounds depressing, but yeah, it was cool. exciting. Because yeah, it's heaven. heaven. It's an exciting it's thing to mm -hmm. look exactly. forward to. It's, it's, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. it's good. Okay, yeah. can we move on to day four? Yes. Okay, tw verse 25 and 26. Jasmine, please read those. <clears throat> and being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Okay. okay. So what was Paul confident of? Um, that he would remain and continue. Mm -hmm. And he did, actually. Mm -hmm. Right? He didn't die yet. Right. So he was, yeah. He knew that he surfaced. Okay, we're on day oh, yeah. four. <laughs> I was like, why doesn't the scripture agree? Like, <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to look at those phrases, your progress and the joy of faith. Did you have any thoughts on those phrases? The um, joy. I, that yes. was the one that, uh, you know, that probably stood out to a lot of people, right? The joy of faith. Because I was thinking, you know, that's so true. When I find myself joyless, a lot of times it's because... I'm not trusting in, in the Lord. And, and I'm just, you know, my faith is wavering or I'm doubting the Lord about something or like, oh Lord, are you sure you're gonna, That's, that robs my joy. But when I'm walking by faith, it, you know, there's also, there's a coupling there of joy and hope. And it's like, there's a lightness in my spirit, regardless of what's going on. It's like, God's gonna move. And it just gives you joy to have faith and to really have that confidence restored in who he is. So that was for me. And then, of course, your progress, spiritual growth, your mm -hmm. understanding, mm -hmm. your fruitfulness. I mean, yep. you know, your, your, Paul your. wished mm -hmm. for the Philippians to have everything that he had. I mm. remember this one time this girl came up to me and she goes, I'm just praying for a double portion of everything you have. And you're like, I want a double portion of everything I have, you know? <laughs> Let's do it together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in other words, she says, I want to be better than you. Yeah. And yet I'm thinking, that's what I need to do mm -hmm. for this next generation. Mm -hmm. I want my daughters to be better than I am. Mm. I, want to, I want them to be more confident than I am. I want them to be uh, more spiritually uh, productive than I have been. I want more for my children than for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Paul is saying, your progress of, of joy, uh, your progress of faith, and mm -hmm. your progress and joy of faith. Mm -hmm. I want you to be even more mm -hmm. than I am. No wonder, like John said, you know, I have no greater joy than to hear yes. that you're walking in it. That's, that was right. like what stoked yes. him the most was yes. the way the believers were. Because then Paul could walking. die happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know all your kids are walking with Jesus and they're gonna be strong, and they're strong in the faith, you can die happy. But I think Paul's thinking, oh, I, they need just a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I remember when Kristen was uh, moving away and she was going to be a pastor's wife. I'm like, Kristen, did I give you everything you need? And she's like, yes, mom, you made me teach Sunday school. I'm like, that wasn't the answer I wanted. I wanted to be like, yes, you taught me yeah. how to make, you know, mm -hmm. this food and you prayed over me and I... You know, you gave me those great Bible studies, but no, you forced me to teach Sunday school. I have everything I need. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> My takeaway on that too is just that Paul was fully invested in their yes. growth and in their progress. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that, for us, like our friendships and our connections with others, God uses those and that connected connectedness to bring joy into our lives, but also into each other's lives. Yeah. And I thought, too, when we pray for each other, we become participants in their joy. Mm -hmm. And when we work for That's others, good. we become participants in their joy. And joy mm -hmm. has a way of, like, reverberating mm -hmm. and coming right back at you. And being you. contagious. It's yes. 
Yeah, no, that, that's actually a really, that's a really good point on prayer, that you are becoming a participant. Because I think sometimes people think, well, if I'm praying, it's because I'm sidelined and I'm actually not able to go do anything. But there is, that's a really good point, that you are actually participating, you know, like the people who stay behind with the stuff or whatever. Yes, that, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's actually a really huge um, key role. Um, one other thought that I had on, yeah. the, on the part where the effect of Paul's deliverance on the Philippians, their rejoicing for him would abound in Christ. I like the New Living translation on that because it says, you'll have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. And I love that, that it, it would be just seeing other people's lives makes you like, and I, more, you know, fired up for Jesus. And I love that about Paul. He wasn't like trying to get them fired up about him, like be inspired by, it was just like, you're gonna be proud of Jesus in me. You know me. what? Um, Testimonies have that effect. Yeah. When we yes. see, and this is one of Cher's like favorite words, and I love it. I'm I'm copying her, but it's <laughs> transformation. Like mm -hmm. this is like what she's praying for is like transformation. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about that. Like growing up, when you would have the hippies, they would. My dad would always have one of the hippies share their testimony, and you could see the transformation. Mm -hmm. And it was always I was this, but then I found Jesus mm -hmm. and the transformation. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to Lisa Childers' um, podcast yesterday, which was like so good. And she was with Sean McDowell, and they were both telling the stories and the testimonies of their uh, fathers about how Josh McDowell came to Jesus and about mm -hmm. how Chuck Gerard came to Jesus and what a profound effect their their parents' testimony had on mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And I remembered a dry spell in Vista. It just seemed like our church was going through a dry spell. And they asked me to start, um, we started a little paper, you know, besides the bulletin, we started a little like newspaper at Vista. And they put me as one of the writers to write testimonies. And so I would go around and interview different people in the church and write their testimony. And as I did, people started getting so excited. Like uh, they'd walk up to you know one of the ushers and go, I didn't know that God delivered you or you could be. I mean, it was so exciting mm -hmm. because it was highlighting. And then everybody was taking joy. Yes. And everybody was getting more faith, kind of like, the podcast we do. Here's yep. these women yep. of faith, and we, that's our legacy. Mm -hmm. I was thinking today, I was writing in my Bible, that I love my legacy, the legacy I have in Christ, and, I'm, and my Christian heritage, not just my parents and my grandparents, but you know, I'm related to Hudson Taylor through yes. Jesus Christ. I can look at these incredible men and, and women and D.L. Moody and the great things that they did for Jesus and say, that's my legacy. Mm -hmm. Circuit writers are my legacy. Yeah. Tent revivals, that's my legacy. I love my Christian legacy. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, related to Blondina, who yeah. gave such an incredible witness for Jesus Christ why the lions came after her. Mm -hmm. That's my mm -hmm. sister in Christ. And I was just writing, I love my Christian heritage. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, you know, I look at other heritages, and they're not that good. I've got this <laughs> awesome Christian yeah. heritage. And yes, it gives me joy. I know. There's a book that you joy. recommended. It's, is it called? Uh, Trial and Triumph. Trial and Triumph. Is that like and the best? And it's a missionary biography. It has the story of, is it Blandina? Uh -huh. I can never say it right. Martyrs, right. And it has like different martyrs and different missionaries, different Christians going back through the centuries. The two I think Scottish women. So good. Oh my goodness, that they're drowned in the sea up in Scotland for the testimony of Jesus oh, Christ yeah, yeah. and how they keep shouting encouragement to each other. And then the one girl can't hear the older woman because they put her further mm -hmm. out in order to give the younger woman a chance to recant. Mm -hmm. And so when she realizes that the older woman is drowned, she begins 
begins to shout the gospel to everyone on shore with everything in her. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's my, that's my legacy. That's our legacy. It's not just my legacy. That's our legacy. Like, can I make my arms go out any wider? This is our legacy. These are our relatives. That's why Jasmine and I love Christian history. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I just love, and I love missionaries. And the world's Mm -hmm. always kind of like, what missionaries? Why did they go try to change those people? Well, you know what? We, the missionaries did not try to make Westerners. The best missionaries assimilated into that culture. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And each of us too have that mission. Mm -hmm. Where has God called us? And that was my question on the last of the day was, where does he have you today? Like where you are right now, that's your mission field, where he's yes. called you to, the people yes. he's called you to. You can bring that joy of faith to yes. the people that he's called you yes. to right where you are. And yes. if we live an open life, then people can share our testimony mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I want to write out still like my death to life experience because I just, God so yeah. met me in so many ways that I want people to have that kind of hope and that kind of inspiration, mm-hmm. you yes. know, about just the different ways that God will meet you. And because mm-hmm. I've never had a testimony and now I do. Like it all happened in my 60s, you know, my <laughs> testimony. But, you know, because I've just always loved Jesus and never wanted to let mm-hmm. go of his hand. <laughs> you know, like, no, don't, yeah. don't. Because I need Jesus, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, no, just going along with that, as, as you were saying about just the testimony we have, and that was kind of my thought, because of the joy of the Philippians, and they were facing persecution, I thought, man, that's just a great example to us. It's like, how, you know, when the world looked at them, they saw joy. It's like, what does the world look, see in us right now? I mean, with, what, with everything going on, you know, are we easily moved and frustrated, just gripped by fear? Or do we, you know, are we reflecting that or, joy in our walk angry. with the Lord? Or yeah. angry, yeah. Or that's just, critical. Yeah. Yeah. Critical. Yeah. Like breaking up and just, you know, unity. Yeah. Like, I don't like the way you wear your shoes. All I, of you know? That. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. what does the Good world the see when yeah. they look at us? Yeah. That is such a good word. Yeah. All right. Let's and move on to day five. <laughs> the next word. Sure. Would you mind? And yes. <laughs> just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you, or am absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened in any way of your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation, and this is from God. I had the most on this one. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Start. What do you want to? What do you okay. Want to talk why about? not? Well, the first thought I had was, you know, just to get like being worthy, uh, conduct worthy of the gospel. It reminded me of Titus two ten, where it talks about adorning the doctrine of God in all things, like showcasing uh, the gospel in our lives. And what a great prayer that is for. You know, I was thinking, wow, that's a great thing to pray for other believers. Like, Lord, just help us all to adorn the gospel when we're at the store when we're at work, when we're with our families, friends, at coffee with somebody. How, you know, just to start getting that habit of mind, like how can I adorn the gospel in the way I conduct myself? And so that was my first thought. I have other things, but. but. but adorn, <laughs> okay, so you put jewelry on uh, to kind of draw attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if I'm adorning the gospel, I'm drawing attention to the yes, gospel. exactly. You're magnifying the gospel. Mm-hmm. Again, there we go, back to magnify. <laughs> Yes, I know. Share house transformation, you have magnified. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm understanding. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's but, okay. 
Um, again, citizens of heaven. Going back to that thought, it sounds like you had something. Well, just the same thing, just that thought of being an ambassador. And mm. an ambassador isn't about their own rights or their own opinions or their own representation. They're representing heaven or representing Christ. They're representing their homeland. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're showcasing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we yep. can showcase the joy and the love. Okay, we can't showcase like the health necessarily or the, the strength. Because, you know, some of us are in our 60s. But we can, not to belabor it, but we can showcase the love. Mm-hmm. We can showcase the joy. Yeah. Um, and the that's hopes. kind of the things, yeah. the, 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 stand, the steadfastness, the, the spirit, the yeah. mindset, yeah. the cooperation, mm-hmm. and yeah. the beauty of the... We can mm-hmm. showcase those as citizens so of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading this book lately, and in this book, and he was talking about how that um, heaven is a holding place. It, it's not, it's not like, it's not, it's temporary because we're going to come back to the earth. Mm. But I thought, no, no, our citizenship is in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul makes this clear. This is where we belong. But we're sent back to earth, I believe, during the millennium to clean it up with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, a thousand years of getting rid of all the evil in the mm. world, cleaning it up so that our home can be joined on earth mm-hmm. so that heaven can come down to mm-hmm. earth. And you know, when you read about all those foundation stones that are all these different jewels mm-hmm. and gates of pearl that are mm-hmm. never closed, mm-hmm. you're like, I wanna go in. Yes. This huge river with the tree of life that has like a different fruit every month and mm-hmm. you, you know, as much as you wanna eat. And you know, I was like, I wanna be there. Yeah. But that's where we're citizens of. Mm-hmm. That's what heaven looks like right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Heaven has this every day. Yeah. Every day, God's will is done. Heaven has no evil. Yeah. There's no crying, no death, no sorrow. But that will still be during the millennium, death and, and some sorrow and some pain. Mm-hmm. But it will get less and less and less until evil is rooted out. Mm-hmm. And then heaven will come to earth. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're citizens. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that when we go to heaven, we're going to get equipped. Yeah. Um, I believe the rewards, I was telling this to the girls earlier in the, in the green room, which isn't really green. I was saying that when we get to heaven, I believe that it's going to be kind of like, we were talking Narnia, obviously, like yeah. when Aslan <laughs> gives Lucy the vial of healing ointment mm-hmm. and Edmund the bow and Nope, Susan gets the bow and arrow. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's that's the that's Does right. Edmund yes. get the horn? He gets the Somebody horn. gets a horn. Yeah. I can't remember. Well, anyway. And then Peter gets the sword. sword. We know that, yeah. yeah. But the idea of like, we're going to get the, the equipping that we mm-hmm. need to come back on yeah. earth and root out the evil. Mm-hmm. And we were also talking about how we will still have work, but it will be productive work. Mm-hmm. You know, our work oh, will be productive oh, because good work is Fun. Mm-hmm. Good work is fun. Productive work is fun. Like when you're making a meal and you're making a cake, sometimes it's so fun. Yeah. Like for me. Well, God made us yes. to work. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And there's certain sewing projects that are so fun, especially as you see it come together and you're like, oh, I'm loving this. Mm-hmm. Productive work is fun mm-hmm. work, you know? And actually even just that, like you were talking about, like the that was one of my big takeaways was on this whole striving together in one spirit and one mind, the unity of, you know, serving together and stuff. And just that thought of unity again, which we brought up last week um, as well. But I I was thinking this morning even about just 
again, the importance of unity, but the challenge of that. Because right now, I feel like there's a lot of people, probably even other believers, that we disagree. I disagree with a lot of people. You know, just being honest. You know, we can be we can disagree with like this person, that person about, you know, all of this stuff, but like how wearing important. a mask when you're alone in the car. Yes, things like that, right? But, exactly. So it's easy to really, I think for women, it's really hard to get over that because we're, we're so emotional, we tie emotion mm -hmm. to it. And, and we really, this was something that really hit me this morning, we need to be able to separate our disagreement from other believers uh, with the fact that they're a brother or sister. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to emotionally separate that. Like, I might disagree, you are still a brother or sister. Mm -hmm. I have to get over it and strive for that unity yeah. in the spirit. And you know, that, I don't know, I just felt like that was for, a, a word for me this morning. Like, whatever people, I'm just like, because then we find ourselves avoiding people or getting snarky with people and stuff like that instead of like, no, they're a brother or sister. I'm not going to let that well, even, uh, that emotion get in the even way. Even the thing and be with the reality. mask. There's some people that are offended if you don't have a mask. Right. Like you mm -hmm. don't care about my health. Yeah. There are other people mm -hmm. that are offended because you're wearing a mask. Yeah. You think I'm contagious. Yes. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. you think I have germs. You see a germ factory so when you look at me. superficial. You know. Yeah. So we have these like where we're dividing up. Yeah. I I really like stand fast because I yeah. mm. I went to First Chronicles 11:12. And I thought about how David stood fast with Eleazar. They just stood in this field mm -hmm. and wouldn't let the Philistines take that territory. And I was thinking, yeah. it doesn't say that they fought in that field, mm -hmm. but they just stood in that field and said, no, you cannot mm. have this field. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about there are certain places we need to stand fast. Mm -hmm. Like, no devil, you can't have yeah. these children. Yep. I'm going to stand fast in prayer and I'm going to join with my friend and we're going to link arms and we're holding this field. Mm -hmm. We're holding this field for Jesus. And I just thought of that. Um, I remember at one point I was kind of complaining to the Lord, which you're allowed to lament. And so I was kind of saying to the Lord, Lord, this place is so hard. I don't know if I can make it through. And the Lord said, I didn't ask you to fight. I asked you to stand. Can you just stand? I'll do the fighting if you'll just stand. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. so good. And it just so like, okay, I can stand. Can't, right now, I can't even lift a sword. Yeah. You know, I'm just feeling so tired and so worn out, but I can stand. Yep. I saw that too, the standing firm. It made me think of that picture of the redwood trees, yes. how they stand mm. so tall. And um, last year, I was up in the area where the redwoods are, and you look up and you can see like four trees, but when you look at it on the ground, it looks like one mass one massive tree because they kind of grow together. Yeah, and they tangle their roots up with each other and they're stronger because they're tangled up with each other. Ooh. But then, this is something that I know Cher's taught too and I've learned from her is just their bark is hard so they don't get hurt by rubbing up against each other because they've got that tough skin, mm. but they still have that soft inside. And we need to be Ooh. like that, like where our roots are tangled up with each other, but our bark and our skin is hard on the outside, so we're not easily offended. Like that book yes. that you recommended that someday I'm gonna read. Unoffendable? The yes. Unoffendable book? I'm gonna <laughs> read yes. it. But that it's, is, yeah. So it's such a truth to remember because like we need to be unoffendable. And how many times are we assuming the worst yep. instead of like 1 Corinthians 13 and assuming the best? believing the best and hoping all things. Yeah. Yeah. Tim yeah. Keller wrote a book that I love and it's called Self-Forgetfulness and that's yeah. like one of that's my all-time favorite one. books. And he talks about that, that when um, 
he said, if you're really like sensitive and you get hurt really easily, it's because you're inflated with pride. Uh -huh. And he talked about the more you inflate a balloon, the weaker it is mm -hmm. and the closer to popping it is because it's overly inflated. Mm -hmm. And he said, sometimes when you're swollen, everything hurts. Your, mm -hmm. your skin gets really sensitive. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you're super sensitive to what people say and what they're doing, he said, that's pride in you. Yeah. Don't blame others. Yeah. It's your own pride. And I have found that like if Brian's asking for cookies and I'm not wanting to give him one, it's my pride. It's on you. It's yeah. all on me. It's all on me because that's yeah. a good man. And he deserves cookies. Yes. And that's, so go home and make him some. Well, yes. And that's so good because that, that's what enables you to strive together for the gospel. If you can get over it and be, you know, be like, wait a minute, we're, we have the same common goal here. Yeah. So we can work together. I was even thinking of the food distribution thing we do here. Yeah. You partner with other believers churches, yes. and other churches. Maybe you don't see every single thing exactly the same. Yeah. But, you know, kind of like we were talking about last week, right. unity but not uniformity. It's like... All right, the essentials are there. We are striving yeah. together. And it's the same spirit empowering all of us. Yeah. yeah. And it's the one mind or the one purpose, mm -hmm. the same purpose to glorify Jesus. And it's the same mindset. I mean, this whole book is about thinking like Jesus and having the mindset of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it's one mind and, our, and purpose right. to glorify Jesus. And I think about the unity that the Father has with his son. Yeah. Like, you know, some people try to say God was a cosmic child abuser because of yeah, the cross yeah, yeah. and they, they and they think that because they don't understand the unity of mind mm -hmm. between the father and son yeah. the unity of love right. the same purpose the son had the same purpose as the father and the father had the same purpose as the son mm -hmm. and they were working together to save mankind yep. it was cooperative mm -hmm. Yeah. It made me think, too, of the converse of that. When you have unity that's for evil purposes, it made mm. me think of the Tower of Babel. Yes. And, yeah, it, you know, it says in Genesis 11 that they were so unified, their mm. unity was powerful. And God knew, mm. like, they were building this altar to the gods. They weren't worshiping the one true God, but they were so unified with one language and one purpose, not doing what God had called them to, mm. but it was a powerful unity. Wow, that's a great point, yeah. So, and then, of course, faith in the gospel, the good mm -hmm. news we believe in, trust, and invest our lives in. Mm -hmm. Faith in the gospel, we believe this good news. Here's our meeting place. Do you mm -hmm. believe the good news? Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Let's be there unified. Exactly. You know, we believe the same good news. It's the same good news that mm -hmm. saved all of us. The same good news. Exactly. And then not in any way terrified. Oh, I, I like this, too. Yeah, me too. Go ahead then. Oh, no, I, I just, I had a thought from, uh, you know, th that we really don't have anything to fear. I was thinking um, at our staff meeting this week, um, Richard Smino was sharing about uh, how uh, we are hemmed in by God. And he was talking about the disciples in the boat when there was a storm and everything and how the, the word that's used there, it's not just that God's holding you underneath, but that he's also kind of putting his hand over you. You're like in the, in the bubble, like protected and hemmed in by God. And so it's like, we, you know, I was just thinking, it's like, man, I can't, let COVID or election results or like the media get me all freaked out and fearing because mm -hmm. we really have nothing to fear. And it's so cool because I'm in Isaiah right now. And this week I read Isaiah 40, 17. And this was just like a great perspective check. It says to God, all the nations before him are as nothing and they are counted by him as less than nothing and worthless. It's like, wow. not that God doesn't care about them, but it's like, it's, this is so puny. This is not a big deal to God. We make things such a big deal. I mean, I do it starts getting so big in your mind. And just to remember, like, I'm, I don't, I'm in no way, I in no way have to be terrified, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just hemmed in by him. 
it's, it's you know, he, yeah. he's got this, it's okay. But think about Good terrified. Point. Yeah. That's a terrible experience. That's yeah. anxiety ridden. Yeah. I mean, that goes yeah, even beyond fear. Tortured. It's yes. like, I, I, I'm like um, petrified. Mm -hmm. I, I can't move forward. I'm paralyzed. Yeah. I'm just like, it's over occupying my mind. And then also I was thinking about how God always says, do not fear, because to mm -hmm. fear is to give someone power over you. Yeah. And yeah. you change your, what you're going to do, or you change what you're mm -hmm. going to say, you change who you are because yeah. of fear. And God says, do not fear. I was reading yep. in Matthew this week, Matthew um, chapter 11, where he says, do not fear those who you know, kill the body and after that have no power. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you who to fear. Fear God. Mm -hmm. Only fear God because he's got the greatest power and they have to get their power from God. Mm -hmm. But then he says, but don't fear because he knows all the hair on your head and you're more mm -hmm. precious to him than sparrows. Mm -hmm. Don't fear, don't fear because that's, he only should have that kind of power. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. The other thing it made me think of too is back to that thought of just our community and fellowship with one another and choosing to love each other was, Ephesians 6.10, where it goes through, this is a spiritual battle. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers right. of darkness. And it's not the person that we're wrestling with. There's a spiritual realm and a spiritual battle that's going on, and we have to have that perspective and put on the whole armor of God. I have one more thing that kind of yeah. goes with that, because I was thinking about when they built the wall in mm -hmm. Nehemiah's time and how it was perfumers and it was um, the daughters of... Um, Zalapahad? Yes. Those ones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the daughters. It was, you know, men, women. Mm -hmm. It was um, the priests. Everyone just right in front of their houses, right? Right. Well, some yeah. of them. Mm -hmm. um, some of them came from outside into, like, uh, not the elders of Tekoa, but mm -hmm. the, they sent their servants in from all the way from Tekoa. So they had all these people that were building Mm -hmm. And but they had to work together. But then right. Nehemiah said, you know what? Because of the conspiracies, because of the plans of the enemy, I want some of you to stand guard and protect yeah. your brothers and all why they do the work. Yeah. And I thought that's cooperative. Yeah. Well, first of all, you've got this cooperation of these all working together for one wall. Mm -hmm. And they're coming from, there's diversity mm -hmm. yep. of who yep. they are and what they're gifted at, but they're helping one another and they're also protecting one another Amen. as they build a wall. Yep. And so I was good. thinking how important it is for us to cooperate, again, going, striving together of one yes. mind mm -hmm. and protecting one another, mm -hmm. you know, so that we are not terrified, so that we can build that, you know, the, the wall, the church, you know, again, going back to Ephesians, that we're striving together, we're working together, that we all have different gifts to build the church, not a single building, but to build the global, worldwide church of Jesus Christ. Yep. So yep. good. Okay, do you guys have anything to add? Because we're just about yeah, out of time before we on, huh? yeah. ready to move on. Day six. Zip through this guy, huh? Okay, 29 <laughs> and 30, yep. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Mm. So to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Yikes. Profound one to end on. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think so that word granted is so good. Yep, granted is, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what stands out. But it's a it? privilege. That it's, it's a gift. gift. And it's allowed. Mm -hmm. It has... I think that anything that God allows has a divine purpose. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And so I think that suffering is a gift that we're to give back to God. Yep. 
you know, Lord, here's the places that hurt me. Use this for your glory. Mm -hmm. I remember um, Terry Vella, who was at this fellowship for a really long time when she had cancer. She got her first cancer at 28 years old, breast cancer, and found out, and then she had to have a full hysterectomy, all these things. And every time that something like that came up, she presented it mm -hmm. to God. And she gave it as a gift to God. Yeah. And she was one of the most joyful women I ever met. Even as her body mm -hmm. became more and more emaciated, her face still retained its beauty mm -hmm. the entire time. But I just thought, you know, we can give. Uh, you know, what can we do with the things that we don't understand or that hurt yes. us? We can give yeah. them back to God. We can even lament over them, right. but we can give them to God. Mm -hmm. And I think of in the Gospels, Jesus says that I've told you these things, you're, you know you're going to have suffering, so that you will have peace. For in this world you'll have suffering, but be of good cheer, cheer I have overcome the world. Yeah. And there you go. There's yeah. the joy mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. even in the suffering, you know. And for me too, yeah, exactly like what you were saying, but I also thought of just, I mean, for me, I, I remember a season of walking through a mystery emotionally, how I was suffering through that. But the Lord showed me the privilege and the honor that he had granted this to me. Like, wow, Lord, you, 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 you're giving this to me. Uh, you're entrusting this to me. It's almost like a stewardship, like you were saying, to give back mm -hmm. to you, uh, to use, you know? And I remember my mom saying, like, don't let your suffering be wasted, Jazz. Like, yeah. let God, you know, use it as an entrustment. And I realized, like, and it was so weird to think of it that way because I was just so you know, just struggling and so upset and everything and, you know, grieving. And yet to be able to see this was a privilege, I was like, whoa, where did that come from? That's divine. But I would not know, have thought of that. In the Psalms, it says, those who sow in tears. Yes. And there's a Bible study by Tim Keller called um, Pray Your Tears. Uh, pray, yeah. yeah, pray your, pray your, Tears. Pray your fears and pray your tears. Pray your like, tears, yeah. <laughs> but the idea is, um, to take your sorrow and the things that hurt mm -hmm. and use them as seedlings mm -hmm. for what God wants to do. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, for me, again, I can pray those tears. I can pray um, when I had a prodigal, there were so many tears. Mm -hmm. But I look at that prodigal now and how strong she is with Jesus and yeah. how, like, what a delight she is. Mm -hmm. And I just think of, like, the tears were, like, the fodder for where she is now, God yeah. God used that. Um, mm -hmm. I also think years ago, I was dealing with one of the um, young women in um, London, and she had wanted lots and lots of children. She loves, loves kids. And she had two children, and she lost the third child and had to have an emergency hysterectomy. She had a miscarriage, had to have an emergency mm -hmm. hysterectomy. And she was so angry with God. I mean, she came to me and said, why should I believe in God? I mean, she was so, so angry. And remember the Lord gave me 2 Corinthians chapter 1 to give to her. Um, and it was not a message I wanted to give her, but it was like, <laughs> quit seeking to be the comforted and mm. become a comforter to others. Mm. Let God minister to you yeah. so this can be used for others. And I remember I said to the Lord, Lord, she doesn't like me already. And this is not going to go over well. <laughs> and so I remember telling her, I tried to make it as soft as possible, and her chin like fell on her chest. I've never seen like a chin like <laughs> fall, but it really did. And her look was like this. Like, I know shock that's going on camera. It was like anger and shock at the same time. Like if she could have killed me, she would have. I mean, that's how it was. But I remember about a month later, a woman in our church gave birth to a stillborn baby. Mm. 
and it was so hard. And it was this woman who was able to comfort her mm. and to stand with her and be with her. And I remember she came to me and she said, for the first time I was able to give thanks for my mm. hysterectomy yeah. and for the baby that's in heaven because otherwise I would not have had yep. any way to comfort to, yeah, or to strengthen. To and I love this woman so much. It was one of her best friends. Mm. And I think about that, like, will we let God use yes. our sorrow? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. such a... Such a paradigm shift, you know, mm -hmm. like, like with looking at death as gain, looking at suffering as a gift. These are all those paradigm shifts, but it's all for the furtherance of the gospel. It's another mm -hmm. opportunity for the Lord to, like you said, mm -hmm. use it for the ministering. The word granted is the word charis. Hmm. Interesting. Grace. Huh. Grace. Mm -hmm. oh, it's the Greek word. Sense. So it's other, in other words, we're graced with suffering. Mm -hmm. We're wow. graced with it. It's God's favor. Isn't that, talk about a paradigm yeah, shift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, upends everything you think. Yes. I read this quote from F.B. Meyer. It says, look inside the envelope of pain for the message it unfolds. It's a rough packing case, but there is treasure in it. Ooh. And you know, Philip um, Yancey wrote a book called, uh, well, he wrote it with um, Paul Brandt, mm -hmm. and it was called mm -hmm. Pain, the Gift Nobody Wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are out of time for today. Did you guys have anything Oops. that you want to, I don't want to cut you off, but. Yeah, I just, I think that's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> so encouraging that yeah. God is with us in the pain and he's giving us that extra grace in the yes. midst of those suffering places. And we find treasures of his closeness, his nearness, but also just that extra grace. Mm. And, um. If you have a prayer request, if you have something you want us to come alongside you and pray for, we'd love to pray for those things. So if you send in your prayer request to our email address, which is women at cccm.com, anytime this week, then we'll give those to the ladies that are praying on Friday morning, and they will pray over them. But we hope that you'll join us again next week. We'll jump into chapter two of Philippians on week three of our lesson. We'll be starting at 9.30. We have room in the sanctuary if more ladies want to come and join us, or you can join us online at live.cccm.com. And like was mentioned earlier, help a friend out and go ahead and post that or send the link to somebody to make it even easier for them to log in. And we're going to do a couple giveaways in the weeks to come. So if you follow us on social media, on Facebook, our uh, whatever you call it, room or whatever, is women, is CCCM Women, so follow that. And we also are on Instagram with that same name. So would you mind closing us in prayer, Cheryl? I would Cheryl? so love to. <laughs> Lord, you want to give us the mindset of Christ. Lord, you want us to think like Jesus. Lord, you thought of those you were saving. You were of one heart and one mind with the Father, Oh, Lord, we ask for your heart. We ask for your mindset to be in us, Lord, as we'll be looking at this next week, that we might think like Jesus. Lord, that we would not look down on those who are suffering, but we would seek to encourage them with the joy of heaven, with the purposefulness, with the usefulness, and with the seedlings that come from pain and sorrow and hardship and difficulty. Lord, I pray that we would think as citizens of heaven and not as citizens of earth. Lord, that our nominee for president would be Jesus. That our vote would be for Jesus.
Lord, that we could truly say, not our will, but your will be done. Lord, thank you for your grace that not only forgives our sins, but overlooks and refuses to remember it anymore. Thank you that our names are in the citizenship book of heaven. Thank you, Lord, for all that you equip us and enable us to do. And in light of that, Lord, we pray for greater unity, greater love, less um, sensitivities um, to ourself and more sensitivity to others. And we ask these things by the name of Jesus, our Savior, our King, our confidant, our friend, the lover of our soul. Amen.